guys and welcome to The Merative with me, Nick Dale, where we speak to people in the creative industries. It's episode three and it's a brilliant one. On today's episode, I have a roundtable discussion with Emma Wright and Kelsey John Lewis, two of my fellow photographers. We discuss everything about our jobs, the industry, and we answer your questions too. I hope you enjoy. Okay, guys, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. I think we should start with a couple of quick intros. So uh, why don't we start with you, Emma? Hi, I'm um, Emma Wright, and I'm a Wright Photography, and I have been shooting for seven years. I think it's seven years, might be nearly eight. Um, previously to that, I worked in retail. I used to be creative manager for Selfridges, Manchester Trafford Park Store. So always had, like, creative jobs. And then left when my sister had a baby, and opened a kid's store. From that, I used to have to do the editing for our online store, which is mindlessly boring. And so just used to start taking pictures of my nephews and life. And because people saw it, they asked me to be a photographer. They asked me to shoot for them, which I didn't for a long time because I compared myself to like um, Peter Lindbergh or someone like that. And I wasn't shooting at that level, obviously. Um, but then brands started getting in touch with me. And so I kind of thought, right, I'm consistent. I um, got into photography and started with brands and doing portrait shoots. And I always just absolutely loved magazines, fashion editorials. And I used to build sets in fields and um, did more portraiture at the start, but it was always a bit quirky. I'd always build a room in a field that would be unique to shoot. And then from that, I sort of moved into fashion because it was it was essentially what you see in the editorials of fashion magazines um, and so I just was shooting that and moved into kids wear specifically relatively quickly because kids have got this untapped imagination and I just love that you can put the two together and create so that's me. Hey I'm Kelsey John Lewis um, of Kelsey John Lewis Portraiture um i've not been in the game that long i'm i'm a baby i'm the newbie um it's probably been last september so i guess yeah just under a year um that i've kind of yeah delved into all the kids uh, and the kids modeling scene um but i i first got into it um mum with a camera obsessed with taking photos and it just spiraled from there. Um, again, kind of like Emma, obsessed with the whole fashion editorial, um, fashion magazines. Um, stumbled across Peter Lindbergh and was just completely obsessed. Um, I am a photographer's assistant um, and we work a lot on OK Magazine um, and pays the bills, but um, it's not my passion. Um, it is really quite obvious that I love shooting the kids like you guys. Um, so started with the model updates, which I just love. Um, delved into a couple of editorials, which just kind of, you can make, let your creativity go mad, which I love. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of new. That's, that's me. I think you started though with a brilliant handwriting. I always see your shots and know they're yours. Um, oh, but so. Emma, you so yeah, Emma took me under her wing definitely because again, you kind of just stumble across people, don't you, on Instagram that like, fall down that rabbit hole. Um, and yeah, and I stumbled across Emma's work 
fell in love with it. Um, so just kind of stalked her for for a while, <laughs> just messing over her work, and then um, yeah, I thought she's like, she's human as well, so I'd give her a message, and um, yeah, we just hit it off, didn't we? And um, yeah, Emma completely took me under her wing, um, and kind of yeah, just chatted, didn't we? Well, we still I do. Just, just... I I just made a shoot. We the, we do a kid shoot challenge that um, Nick, you're going to do the next one with us. Yeah. So we basically, um, I have massive imposter syndrome because I think it's the byproduct of being creative. But um, yeah. you always think, I always think, do I have a style? Do I this? Do I that? And clearly I do. But um, I'm always second guessing and always creatively, my mind is a bit mad. I'm always switched on. So I'm always wanting to experiment with different things. And one of the things that we did was we thought right if you take the same variables so you take the same model the same lighting the same circumstances and give a time for um the photographer to work with the model would you create the same thing or would you create something different so we've done that twice and it's yeah, mind-blowing how different we are and how our work is so unique to our handwriting and our signature um so and it's a it's a scary exercise but it makes you grow so yeah, no, I've seen, yeah. I've, seen, I've, seen your, I've seen you guys do that a couple of times. It's really cool. Um, hopefully, I can join you next time. Yeah, no, you're doing next one. I'm going to do the next one, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I put myself really in the, in it's the scary. Terrifying. <laughs> it is terrifying. I mean, it's interesting. I don't think, I'm not sure, you know, I, I completely agree with you, Emma. I, I don't think, I don't think I have a signature look. You know, we've discussed I it before. I know your images. Yeah, so that's interesting. So I know yours. And you, we had we have this discussion. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, you do criticise yourself a lot. But I wonder if parents can see that. It'd be an interesting thing to maybe discuss in a future episode with them because I wonder if they can tell us from everyone else. You know, it's interesting because I wonder That's how really far that brand look goes. Yeah. It'd be interesting to ask parents why they book us for, so we all do model updates um, and we all bring something different to the table, but equally consistent work that will be used by agencies and in kids' portfolios, which is really important in this industry. Um, it'd be interesting to ask them that as well. Yeah, I mean that's a yeah. good, that might be a good place. We have got a lot of questions to ask, answer. Um, as you guys know, we've got a list in front of us. It's quite daunting. But um, a quick a quick one I thought would be interesting would be how what's the difference between portraiture and updates? How would you guys define it? Okay, I believe that portraiture and fashion is different. Um, we do model portfolio updates, which essentially are headshots of the child, three quarter body and full body headshots of the child, but they ultimately have got to show the child's appeal um, for if they were being cast as a model and show a brand how they would wear the clothes or, mm -hmm. you know, um, so it's very stripped back and simple. Whereas when I shoot portraiture, which I stopped doing for a while, but I have started again. Um, I feel that's all about the face, and I get quite—I can be quite arty, and I can shoot some uh, some images that are um, softer on focus, but beautiful in the mood and the um, emotions that they evoke. Um, and I do that deliberately. I don't shoot out of focus and then try and pass it off. It's just I, I like to shoot straight into um, golden hour sunlight, which um, mm -hmm. diffuses light around a subject. Um, so my portraiture ones don't necessarily have to be, here's this person's head, here's them looking. Um, whereas my model portfolio ones, you always have to have a strong headshot, you have to have a three-court shot, you have to have a um, full body shot, and then you can experiment and do some fun things. But the images are usually a bit cleaner or 
I do location shoots which will feel very like an editorial image um, but if you're shooting an actual editorial you can shoot the back of a child's head and put that into the story whereas they still have to be selling the child to sell the house um, to sell them to brands for brands to ultimately sell their things their clothes or product um, whereas portraiture I don't have to I, I have more free will but it's got to speak to the parents' hearts, I guess, and it will go on walls. So it doesn't have to be as um, descriptive, is the word, I don't know. Um, yeah. How about you, Kelsey? How do you feel about portraiture versus... Up yeah, there? no. Second what Emma says, really, in terms of, yeah, portraiture, you can be way more creative, interesting, um, exciting, whereas model updates, it's it is more of a job isn't it it's more agencies you know, need images to look a specific way um yeah even in terms of black and white isn't it like you mm. know an agency don't accept black and white so you can't even be creative in that sense it is i worked with i work with some agencies who say do not want black and white mm. or i yeah. do independent model portfolio shoots for people as well and they won't want the black and white images but then i include them anyway because and then it's crazy because actually one agency that I work with use a lot of my black and whites. Yeah. And when we first started working together, they said, I don't want them. Um, but it's funny how things develop because you have a handwriting and the way that you shoot. And Kelsey, you're heavily black and white uh, mm. and monochrome. So um, I don't know. I think the images are strong because of them being black and white as well. Some of them. That's where I struggle. <laughs> what? Black and white? Yeah, because I, you know, I'm obsessed with black and white yeah. and the grain and grit and, you know, the rawness of the images. That's that's my obsession. So, so yeah, when you kind of have to strip it back as such, because again, mm. it's it's more portraiture is obviously about the, the kid and the person, but with the updates, it has to be really about them and not about the aesthetics. Yeah, I guess. So you guys are giving a great kind of uh, breakdown. I've never managed to kind of communicate it myself, but I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. When I look at what I shoot, you know, I tend to shoot half model updates, half portraiture when I'm in the studio. I get, I, I don't get bored of it, but you know, you can only shoot mm. when you're yeah. shooting updates, and you and you've got a formula which all photographers kind of do. You know, we're not going to lie about it. You know, you come to us because we we know what we're doing with these things. You know, you, you'll get to a point where you think, actually, now I'm going to get a bit more creative, a bit more weird with my yeah, angles, a bit more job. strange with my yeah. colours, and uh, I think colour this is going back to my past life past careers colour evokes emotion in someone and when you strip away and the image is monochrome you are just connecting with the eyes of that person and the soul of that person I think I'm massive mm. on connection and um, existing between you and the model and that's yeah, part right. of these that's the third ingredient that appears on camera I think that's part of the photographer part of the model and the connection between the two of you um and so you are just reading the emotion when it's black and white. And oh, I'd live in a monochrome world if I could. But um, <laughs> but yeah, colour colour prompts certain reactions. Tell us about your style first, though, Nick. You haven't talked about how you got your style. My style. I, yeah. Like I said before, I don't know. It's hard because like your colour bit... works very you. Okay, I very find you. It, it's you saturated, think? but not in a. I've just pressed the saturation slider. Yeah. So, like, obviously, I've worked in film and TV for a, a long while. I oh, think... I love talk, talk. I love this. Yeah. So, like, um, I, I work with a lot of colorists and DOPs and things. And I kind of, it's kind of developed over a long time. I spent a long time, years, 
trying to copy and emulate people that I like. So that's like, what we do along the way. We do along the way. We spend a lot of time going, <laughs> trying to figure out how someone's done something. And you come to a realization at some point that it's such a waste of time because people you can tell. You learn. Oh, no, you are learning. I mean, like without developing, like if, you, if, all you, if all you do is try and copy someone without trying to, you know, put your own stamp on it, then that becomes really boring yeah. Um, yeah. And, and quite soul sucking. So like you do come to a realization that you've got to start trying to figure out your own sort of thing. And like, like you said, Kelsey, I kind of started mixing things together. Like yeah. I, I really, I shot location purely for years thinking I hate studio. It's too basic. It, I didn't like it. And then I went into a studio and like, actually I can play with my lights here because I'm a lighting guy. I, I enjoy doing that. And I, I actually found quite a lot of peace in just bringing the, bring it completely simple. Like nothing on the background to worry about. I'm, ju I'm just dealing with the yeah. face. Um, I'm just dealing with the people in front of me. And then obviously I, I really think about skin tone first. I, I like colors to pop. I like my images to sort of, sort of um spring and have a kind of 3d element I think to them. they do they're way more saturated than mine I see that. Yeah, yeah definitely it's tricky it's tricky because sometimes when it goes into instagram it looks hideous but <laughs> but it you know i like i like things to look i like things to pop and to be a bit more 3d i like people to be able to sort of dive into the image and sort of look into the face and sort of almost go into it mm. um and i try and achieve I that i try and achieve that by grabbing people's eye and bringing it in with the color and with the weird weird angles and stuff like i've tried to shoot because I've got a, one of my favourite photographers called Jonas Peterson, and he shoots weddings. Yeah, I like him. He's, like, he's stunning, and I've met him. Yeah, he have you? Yeah, he's brilliant. And I, I but I've always I like thought him. I'd wish I could shoot his stuff, and like, I just can't do it. I can't so get that. I can't get that smoky mood that he gets. I've tried. I know. Are... I know. The, I know technically how to do it. Yeah. But I just can't get it. It doesn't work for me. Because we are the. So this is one thing I massively believe, and it's one of those quotes that goes around Instagram. But we are the sum of every movie we've watched, every song we've heard, every book we've read every sunset we've seen, um, every argument we've had in our life. Every yeah. breath you take, <laughs> every <up>. movie you make. <laughs> but we are the sum of all of that, and we are unique, and so there's not another one of me, and, or you. And you can, I can respect someone's work, and I can like someone's work, and Jonas Peterson, I, I love his work, mm. but um, not that I'd ever shoot a wedding again in my life. But um, another, That's magic. another podcast. No, they just don't hold magic to me. Kids hold magic to me. Marriage, I'm a bit like meh. I would get married. It's but an interesting it's, thing because I'm not one, bothered. Of, one of our questions we've got here is why do we choose to shoot kids when it's so much harder? Oh, it's not harder. I never, ever, was never a little girl that dreamt of wearing a wedding dress. I don't like people looking at me. And this is bad enough being on video with you two. I am um, very much behind the lens. And I remember shooting a wedding and just thinking, this is beautiful. I'm literally crying at speeches while shooting but also thinking i don't mind if i ever never get married if i never get married it doesn't bother me mm. but i always wanted to have kids and i have a daughter which who i didn't have until i was 39 and i genuinely didn't think i'd have children because i was so old and, um, and anyway had her but for me i always kind of wanted children and i don't know i just think for me children's imaginations are just around the age around the age seven kids learn to become self-conscious and learn how they fit into the world but before that everything's just about how they see the world and and magic and then over age seven yes they develop how they fit in society and family and, and friendship groups and things but they still have are able to tap into that magic and my brain's creative and if I could say, I always end up talking to children going, you are a warrior and this is your, this is your, um, I wrapped 
child Daisy in a blanket and I was saying you have been on the planes all day and men have been hunting buffalo and you are going to do this um, and this this is your blanket and this is you it was I don't know I always have stories that I tell the kids and they buy into it and they love it and I just I don't know I'm probably just not grown up <laughs> that's really interesting in do you do that Kelsey how do you get kids to interact so yeah there was a good question that says um that we had was how do you get a genuine smile from a kid oh yeah and it's kind of like or what do you use to get a smile from it? and you know when you see these photographers with the um like the socks that go on the lens and all this <laughs> kind of stuff I'm like oh for goodness sake like I am just well for one when I shoot I always have music on so me and Emma are completely different in that yeah. sense because oh, Emma yeah, is like no music no yeah see I have Silence. to put some tunes on yeah so I have music on um I just yeah have to have music on um but it's just chatting and getting to know them and like finding sure. out sure about aspirations. like it's just get like just literally delving into them mm. um and yeah just chatting just genuine chat about them like I want to know all about them you are such an open person and you're really easy to connect with and talk to and I just think that I just think that to get a real genuine smile you have to have a connection with someone you have to you speak to models about what they're interested in what you're interested I I always tell stories but I read and read and read and read and read um and always have done and a lot of the times I'll go to the cinema and be sat there thinking oh I know who the murderer is because I've read this book um not even realizing and I don't like seeing a film that I've read a book of because I'm like that's not what the world looks like there so I obviously create stories in my head and I mean I did drama and did studies at uni and purely because I love the stories and never wanted to act um but I create stories and for me that's I can't listen to music because I can't hear my brain um when that happens and I'm not only I'm talking to a child I'm connecting with them but I'm shooting them and I'm also thinking this will be what they sound like next and this will be how I edit the image and I, I always feel like my brain is working on an eight it'd be like an eight lane motorway always mm. working so music I just can't cope with it's overstimulus for my brain <laughs> really? but then yeah but reading so whenever I get stressed I have to go and read a book because it takes me into a different world and just slows my head I do the same um, thing. I have to have music on to turn my brain off because no, when, I, when, I walk into a, yeah. when I walk into a studio, yeah. when I, cause I, I'm sitting in a white box and all, I, all I'm yeah. thinking about is this kid's going to walk in and just see some giant hairy dude waiting oh. to photograph them. <laughs> They're going to be terrified of this Yeti-like man. Are you What's going on? Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, I have to fill that room with that with music yeah. and then that's when i can kind of relax and get rolling and yeah. i mean as, not, a more as a more practical tip i mean personally i always i'm never above their eye level in terms of where i sit my camera my my, my, my eyes i always bring myself down so i'm always interacting with them on their level um because i don't really i don't ever shoot down on anyone i'm normally shooting eye level you'll up. shorten someone's neck if you do that anyway and fashion is, does shoot from a low perspective they if do. you look at magazines don't they yeah i mean so that's that's just an easy one to do i mean if you're looking to really relax kids the first thing you do is don't don't tower over them like a teacher telling them off yeah, um, yeah. that's a practical tip but i think in general i think you're both quite right we um 
we kind of just you have to talk i mean my sessions are deliberately long because i know i get nothing out of a kid if i haven't got time to talk to them I you know yeah parents parents come into the room that expect me to start shooting the second they come in and i'm like no 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 we're gonna have a chat we're gonna have a drink we're gonna have a bit you know what a snack or whatever yeah, let's just chill out for a minute don't rush into it and then we can maybe move into it in about half an hour because there's no point sitting someone in front of a, a lens you know when they're not you know when they're not warm it's just it's just yeah. not worth it so if you're just starting mm -hmm. out the best thing you can do is put the camera away and talk for a minute and just get to know mm -hmm. the person in front of your camera um Definitely. i think that's a, i think that's, an, that's, a, that's a weird thing people just assume that you you're being paid for a shoot so you're expected to be photographing from the second they enter the door to the second they leave <laughs> i i send notes out beforehand about that because um it's so crucial to the way i work I yeah. could I could have someone walk in for five minutes, take a bit an adequate picture of them, a decent picture of them, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't feel organic. Doesn't feel good for the soul, does it? It just doesn't feel good for the soul. Okay, how does a parent help to get the most out of a shoot? So how does a parent oh, look at help Emma's face? Get what the did she most want to say? <laughs> Emma, over to you. Emma first. <laughs> oh no, um, I send out notes before a shoot to explain how I shoot and I say in those notes that it is not the parent's job to get anything out. Um, I It's myself and the model, so I don't expect parents to do anything other than we go through clothes that they bring at the start, I bring clothes um, to Jen usually. Um, and we'll sort of put together some outfits, but I literally tell parents to get a coffee or a tea and just relax generally because for me, I I was always self-conscious when I was around my mum and dad as a kid, I think. I completely agree with where you're going with that, Emma, in terms of when I was a kid, if I needed to, for example, have a photo taken with a photographer, mm. if my mum was there, I'd mm. be, oh. if they're out of the room, you're you without your parents' yeah. eyes on you. It's, a, it's a less, another... Um, it's a, a pair of eyes, an extra pair of eyes that aren't on you and don't need to be on yeah. you. Mm. Um, I think the hardest thing for me is when a parent would jump in to a shoot because ultimately, if a parent is in, is um, engaging my services to shoot a child model portfolio, then they want me to shoot how I shoot. So if they came and were saying, just move your leg here or just smile, do this. I, if the child's not naturally a smiley smiler, it will take longer for them to get to a smile, but I will always get a smiling shot. I will always get their neutral face um, as well, but I will take them there and in, in, I'll guide them there in the time that I need them to get there generally. So I don't expect a parent to do anything um, mm -hmm. other than um, turn up. I massively appreciate that they are paying for my services, but for me, it's harder if it's harder for the model if they're being directed from two different people. So I have, said to parents before do you want to go out and get a drink and um or and they'll leave me with a child um other other children other parents will um stay but i'll i will say honestly don't worry you don't have to bring anything to this but i try to combat it with the notes that i send out beforehand to sort of say this is how i shoot this is what we do this is why we change outfits and i sort of explain something because my brain i have to understand everything before i can make something work um so the hardest thing for me is if a parent was to try and guide the session because then it would be it, it, it waters down what i'm creating as well mm -hmm. um but that's not a criticism that's just 
It's just what, what the best that they can do is just allow us to work. I guess is the kind of yeah. kindest answer. I mean, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, I'm yeah. never I'm never alone in my studio. I've always got the parents sort of certainly within a meter or two of the shooting session because just the way the studio is. But I do agree that generally the best thing a parent can do is just sort of let the kid be the kid. You know, we're trying to yeah. we're trying to we're trying to capture the best the best of them. Um, so you know allowing them to chill out and relax and just be themselves in front of the camera is the best thing you can do you know no pressure don't put any pressure on them you know because no they just it just you can always see it i can always see in my pictures when i've had a session where the kids felt a bit uh, under pressure a bit overwhelmed or you know and you can always see it a bit of tightness in the face or you know a slight you know not not relaxed enough in the body and you can always i can always pick it up and i'm not sure if they, the parents can um, but I can certainly see it. I'm sure you guys can as well. I think as well, in terms of for their confidence, um, when they go on to a job, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not speaking, pe- speaking not but yeah, I mean, you guys would know, but I can imagine that there's no parents on set that like you can't be by their side. So again, it kind of does go hand in hand with for experience and their confidence cracking on with yeah. the photographer on their own getting the job done is vital for them oh yeah uh-huh. nine nine times out of ten you if you're getting a commercial gig then you know you're going to be asked to at least the very best you're going to get is yeah. please wait in the waiting room outside and we're going to work with the kids yeah, you know yeah that's and, and you're quite right you know half the half the um reason you get updates i mean you need updates every year if you change hairstyles or whatever they're kind of key you need to get them from somebody yeah. But half half the re- the reason you come to us is you you're getting experience in front of a in front of yeah. a camera because mm-hmm. you know it is daunting especially for newer models the last couple of episodes I've spoken mostly about newer models coming into the industry and all of the kids have said the same thing you know it can be daunting you know you're mm-hmm. walking into a room yeah. with strangers often makeup artists hair you know crew whole crew sometimes yeah whole crew you know if you walk into one of my big editorials then I've got at least fifteen twenty people. Yeah. yeah because you know i, I i'm an ocd but i just can't because i also wow. i also I, well i can't you know I, i'm you i'm too used to being on a tv set where i you know we've got people who have jobs and i they do that job better than me so if i'm if i'm planning something big then obviously i'm going to get people in who can do that job better than me because yeah. you know i'm kind of from that school of I, I i'd love to be able to do it all myself but realistically these people have the skills and i just don't have them like always makeup and hair and generally two of each because I, you know, if you've got two or three models, then you know time constraints. You can have a couple of people milling about doing that, and then that's that's four people straight away. You know, a couple True. of assistants. But that that whole experience of just be, walking into a room and and having to deal with that situation yourself is so yeah. valuable for them. I think. So yeah, know, I do. Let, let the kids let the kids be the be their own boss for a few minutes. I think it's kind of the best advice you can give to parents. Somebody's asked, can you talk technicals, type of camera? Do we use different ones for different jobs, different lenses for different face types, cost of equipment, etc.? <clears throat> Should we talk Ooh. about that? Yeah, let's go for it. So, what do you want to? So, are we, are we talking? So, the question is about camera gear, which is a, a wonderful subject that photographers love discussing. Uh, <laughs> oh, non technical <laughs> non-technical people hate. Okay, well, have... why don't you got you guys, uh, Kelsey? Why don't you start? What, what camera do you shoot with? Okay, so I've got a pretty short answer for this. Um, I'm a, not a tech tech geek. Um, I don't enjoy, you know, knowing what cameras people have. 
um, lenses, lighting. I mean, the equipment is endless, right? Mm. Um, so for me personally, I have my um, Nikon D750, um, 50 millimeter lens, um, a couple of backups, a couple of, I call them SIM cards. They're not SIM cards, memory cards. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that's it. <laughs> that's me good to go. So my 50 millimeter um, and my D750. Yeah. Okay. Very that's, good. That's me. Me down. Right. Do you use flash or anything? Um, so if I use flash, um, I'll use generally one one um if it's in a studio that i'm renting so it'll be one of their lights with a soft box with a big big soft box yeah um other than that no i'm generally natural light um and bouncing it around cool. that's you? that's the dream anyway yeah that's the dream yeah how about you Emma? <laughs> yeah me yeah go on what, what do you um, use i'm canon shooter i have a 5d mark IV. um I also have a Mark III and a Mark II, but that's literally one of my first jobs that I ever did, commercial job, um, was a lingerie shoot when I was shooting adult um, models as well. And uh, my camera just broke. It stopped working. And I was hiring a studio. Well, we were hiring a studio client was hiring a studio. And my camera just didn't work. And I don't know what happened, 20 minutes. It did not work. And I turned it off, took everything out, charged it. And then it just started working again. My it's never done it. Okay. It's making never... my part sweat. I, I sent I sent it away. And they said there's nothing wrong with it. It's never happened since. I, it was just one of those weird freak things. And I bought a second body, which was the Mark III then, um, and always had two camera bodies so that if anything broke, I had um, an alternative. But for me, in terms of the cameras. Um, they're great. They're expensive. Most of them cost three and a half, four thousand pounds when I bought them. They depreciate like cars, so they're not worth as much once you have them. But for me, the lenses are far, far, far more important. They give you the perspective of how you see, um, how you see what the frame. Um, I love the fifty mil lens and I love the eighty-five millimeter lens for portrait. I shoot mainly with prime lenses. Um, I don't like zooms. I don't like them. Um, I have one just because I need it sometimes because I shoot food and I shoot children and I need it sometimes for some food work um but I rarely rarely use it um I think that the camera the camera enables you to get a to get an image of a certain quality and um means that it would work in print so when I shoot for um clients you have to deliver a different file type generally a bigger file so that if they want to print it on billboards or the side of a wall it can go that big um so yeah i need a camera for certain capabilities for digital the files don't have to be that big generally so you can shoot with any camera but my main thing that i always say is my gear helps me achieve what i see but it will never ever be more important than what how i see um so it enables you to do the job and mm. I'm not a geek. I don't update. I've got an iPhone, but it's an 8 plus. I don't update the minute a new thing comes out. Um, I had a really expensive year last year. My camera broke in Barcelona. Um, it did need fixing. That time that I had a spare body, it was okay. But then on the way home, the airport security smashed my iPad Pro and my MacBook Pro. Um, and despite being insured, 
it still cost me a fortune to update newer models. Um, yeah. So last yeah. year was really expensive. Um, but yeah, that's my kit. Yeah. I have more lenses, but they're 50 mm my 85 mm are my favourites. And I just bought a mirrorless camera because sadly we are going to have to move into the future at some point and mirrorless will replace DSLRs, I imagine. So I have a love-hate relationship with my Fuji at the moment oh. i'm desperate for a fuji i'm desperate for one of those no right oh, it's Kelsey, brilliant come see me i'm a fuji it's man really right. oh that's exciting it's fantastic it renders color beautifully but i can use my canon if i was drunk or asleep or i was dropped on the head and i only had a little bit of brain facility i would use my i know i'll use my canon inside out my fuji i start to think about it. it's not second nature yet so it makes me frustrated yeah, yeah, gear is a dangerous oh, subject for me because I will. I, I am a techie and I am a geek, so enjoy, girls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go for um, it. I I was a Canon shooter for about. I learnt on Canon when I started shooting uh, adult fashion. I shot with Canon for about ten years. Started with the five D twos, went to the five D threes, and then left them to experiment with mirrorless, and I converted completely to Sony. Um, because I did, a, wow. I did, a, I went on. We went on our honeymoon to Australia, and I was forbidden by my wife to bring my Canons and my lenses because she hates me carrying all that. Yeah. Ca I carry about a ton of camera gear wherever I go. Yeah. Um. So I was forbidden. So I had to buy myself a small Sony, and it was amazing. And um, the mirrorless system. Um. So I sold my Canon gear, went to Sony, and I loved them. Um. My my issue with Sony was the pictures are too clean. Um. They're very. Yeah. Very clean. Very mechanical. No soul yes. to them at all. I like film, the dirty film. Yeah, I, I also have a, I also have a, Hassel, I have a Hasselblad film camera that I shoot with, a media <gasps> format, square format camera, which I might actually, if we did the challenge, I might shoot on that. And then that, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. But anyway, and um, yeah, so anyway, I ditched the Sonys um, and I've, in the last three years, been with Fuji. And I shoot medium format now with Fuji. So I shoot GFX 100 at the minute, which is a 100 megapixel beast. It's a brilliant camera. It's beautiful. And it's, uh, you know, a gear, I'm, 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 of the, uh, I'm exactly the same as you, Emma. I know gear is important to me. It helps me achieve what I want, what I can see in my head. But at the same time, if someone took my, my Fuji off me tomorrow and gave me a 5D2, I know I could use a 20-year-old camera and shoot the same, exactly the same thing. It is, it is what it is. But I, I know that right now, if I want to shoot something that's in my head, that Fuji will get me what I want because I know it. You know, I know what the image looks like. It gives me that pop that I like. It gives me the 3D feel I like. It's very expensive. Um, uh, and the lenses are, like you say, are more important to me than the cameras. The, the lenses I've had since I bought my first Fuji. So mm -hmm. I shoot with, um, it's a bit weirder with the Fuji So because medium format lenses aren't the same focal length. So I shoot with a 32-63, which is about 23... 23, 24 mil. Someone's going to correct me. In the wow, comments. you, shoot, so you that... shoot really wide. I'm in Ooh, people's faces. The secret's faces. out. I shoot really wide with faces. I do no, shoot. But it's, I shoot really it's wide with my faces. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll very carefully because yeah, because they get, distort yeah. without go without going into too many technical details. You know, a lot of people try and shoot. One of the one of my big bugbears is seeing photographers that shoot with a wide angle lens. You know, and then they sort of do that thing where they compose and you know they they focus and recompose and the whole body stretches and looks weird. Um, it bugs yeah. me. If you're shooting wide angle, you've got to be really careful. And oftentimes, I'll speak to parents and say, "Look, I'm shooting with this lens. This is what they look like with this lens. But if I shoot with a, a fixed focal length lens, this is what they look like." So you know, 
trying to educate parents on how faces and their kids might look depending because they're going to see they see a ton of different different things on sets don't they do you shoot tethered or do you let them see the back of the camera parents kelsey oh i'm no i don't show throughout the whole session um i don't show if a kid's feeling a little bit uncomfortable or needs a little bit of reassurance I might give them a quick flick through, um, but other than that, no, like no, I don't. Um, I don't shoot tethered. I don't show. In the studio, I do only because I shoot tethered, and there'd be no what there'd be no way of hiding them. So I'm just open mm. and say, "Come and look. It's fine." You know, they know it's not the final result, and you know, flash misfires and things, and I've got over yeah. that embarrassment. If I'm shooting editorial or location, then no. And only if it's client work, because obviously it's client work, the client gets to see what they want to yeah. see. But if it's, um, yeah, on location, it's just too much of a hassle. No, I say um, I'm I'm quite self-conscious. I don't know where it's come from because I, I think I think I look like a pink elephant in real life or something. But um, if I were to see pictures of myself halfway through a shoot, I would change how I behaved in front of the camera. And mm. my thing that I always say to people is, the images on the camera are 50% of what they're going to look like when they're yeah. finished because I shoot with prime lenses so there might be a, I'm going to crop into this image and I know that this is only going to be their face but you're going to see xyz around them mm-hmm. and be distracted by it and I shoot with a black and white preset over my camera um so I see everything in black and white I just read the light and like I, said, I, want to live in a monochromatic world. Um, so I don't show anything unless Kelsey unless I need to reassure someone and show them something that is working but I generally don't, and actually, parents are okay with that. Um, yeah, I found they, it okay. Even when they ask to see, I say no. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 you can see what I'm actually shooting. You're here, you're there, you're seeing what I'm shooting. So it's not like I'm being yeah. horrible. When I shoot for clients, I have to shoot tethered. It has to appear on a computer screen. Yeah. We are going. They have to see what they are paying you to do. So that's different. But I generally don't show, um, and then. I will go in and, and if after a fact I deliver, I pick the images that I deliver, I understand what is going to be used industry standard. I understand what best works with that face. Um, so I will pick and it's not that if a parent said to me, do you have any other images or, you know, it's not that I wouldn't show after the fact, but equally we are, we work in this industry day in, day out. And I know model agencies often would pick what I'd class a more boring image. Um, because it, it, they know how they've got to work. And I work with so many different agencies that I understand what they're going to select as well. So there can be a frustration. Some parts I see sometimes on Facebook, um, parents say, well, I didn't get to pick the images. But they will always pick from a point of emotion and say, that's their smile when the child feels a certain way. They don't pick. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where it comes, like you said, with the parent, what they would choose to what we would choose. I, th- I feel like it comes down to portraiture and updates again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it a different emotion to it. Hmm. It's it's yeah. difficult because with the updates, you still need to get that the personality and the soul of the kid because that's obviously what brands are looking for. That's hmm. what they want as well. But it's like you said, the industry standard and it's, yeah, it is. it does need a different eye. There are a lot of people you see you see shoots advertised um, and people saying i'm shooting um and there are a lot of photographers out there that shoot children and say 
um, advertising model updates, but it's whether an agency will actually use those images at the end of it. Um, going back to industry standard again, and I mean, our kits cost us a heck of a lot of money. Um, you've got to love what you do, otherwise you wouldn't do it um, yeah. for the amount of money that you spend on your kit. But equally, that passion, I'm I'm on YouTube watching tutorial. Yesterday I watched a, a two-hour editing tutorial on beauty photography. I don't even shoot beauty photography, but it's just so interesting how other people edit, and it's just I'm obsessed. So you uh, get an element of skill that comes from that obsession and trying things. And... There's a couple of questions I think come at this actually. What do you, in terms of picking the image, I'm the same. I mean, I I do get a lot of parents who say to me, um, oh. You know, normally I get to pick from the unedited selection. I'm like, well, no, I'm afraid. For me, that's not the way it works. A lot of photographers, well, not a lot. There's a, there's a good selection of photographers out there who will just uh, offload their memory cards onto a website and let the parents pick. Again, that's completely up to them. I wouldn't say it's to be expected. Um, one of the th one of the reasons I'm making this podcast is to maybe try and help parents understand what to expect if they're going to a certain type of photographer. I mean, all three of us mm. probably agree that that wouldn't be something we'd do. And it's not something agencies no. let you do. So I shoot with agencies and agencies will pick those images. And some yeah. agencies say to me, you pick and they'll pick from my selection. And other agencies, they pick and I edit what they pick. But that's the comm that's the commercial industry. That's how it works. So why would it work any different? Yeah, but, it, it, yeah. it's really confusing. It's, it's, I think it's confusing to parents because like you say, we, we keep going back to this whole the portraiture versus updates thing you know if mm. you're doing a, a shoot for yourself and it's a nice it's a love it's a fine art portrait shoot and it looks beautiful and the kids look great you know those are images you're choosing to put on your wall and yeah you should have some input in what yeah. gets edited you know Absolutely. but when you come to me and you say i'm you know I'm, I'm applying to kids london or bruce and brown i need some updates need some headshots you've got to have you're going to have to hand some trust over to us because all those agencies did want different things, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. we kind of know what they want, you know. Yeah, yeah the, the pictures may not look what you would consider to be something you want to hang on your wall, but we know they'll put on their model cards and it will get them work. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the it's, purpose it's, of the image. It's the purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that's the word. Purpose, the emotion. And I, if yeah. I'm shooting for a child that's with X and uh, X agency, I know that they will let the images be more edgy and more cool. And if I'm shooting for Y agency, they will want something timeless and mm -hmm. stripped back. And so it's it's that as well. We consume so many images on a daily basis; it's crazy. But we educate. We're educated within the industry that we work in. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and how long do you spend editing? I'm interested to know. Um. Again, I should probably. I do need to know a more time efficient way that I do edit. Um, but again, I don't do the whole batch thing. Um, I don't do that. I do, I kind of cull and then I then individually edit. Um, but I'm Lightroom um, and I'm pretty basic when it comes to editing. Um, I mean, you know, obviously blemishes, um, and things like that are, are fine to remove and stuff, but I, I'm not a fan in general of the whole airbrushing no. and resizing noses and eyes and oh, no. adding this. And it's just, yeah, that makes me feel a bit sick. Do you ever, um, do you ever get, sorry to interrupt. Do you ever get requests for that out of interest? With kids, no. With 
a couple of adults yes and I've had <laughs> yes um, with a couple of adults yes and that was a learning curve for me in terms of I should have educated prior to that because um, that's not what I'm about that's, do you know what it is and I'm about that. yeah do you know what it is it's um psychology there's a lot of psychology and how we view ourselves mm -hmm. the, you've got to yeah. be vulnerable to to hand yourself over and let somebody else photograph you, you ha there has to be a vulnerability. You have to say, this is me, and let the artist, without sounding too pretentious, but let the photographer create the images with you. And there's yeah. a vulnerability in doing that, and it's scary. And we have more vulnerability. We, sorry, we have more insecurities the older we get. Um, so I definitely get asked more with adults to change things. But one thing I always ask people is what they don't like about themselves. It's not necessarily children, yes. but adults. I always say, what do you adults not like? Yeah. If I understand, and that's one of the reasons I spend talking to somebody and just observing um, before I shoot, because you can read so much with body language. And um, I just think that you if you are going to be a subject and be photographed, you do have to let yourself be vulnerable with somebody else. But if you feel like you can trust that person, um, then it's easier. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's it. You know, it, it, it's a tricky one. I was just, that wasn't actually on our list of questions. I was, it just came mm. up and I was really interested to see what you guys, what experience you had of that. Cause um, yeah, I've, I've had some requests to sort of retouch and, you know, because there's a difference between when we talk about editing, there's a difference between editing and retouching. So editing is kind yes, of what we, what was, we do. You know. That was my learning curve. Edit, retouch. Retouching for me is removing any temporary marks. So if there's a mark on your face, my daughter's got a massive cold sore at the moment. If I shot her and I was going to use it, I would remove the cold sore because it's a temporary mark mm -hmm. on her face. Um, but I'm not going to change the shape of someone's nose or eyes. I understand that I... <laughs> If somebody doesn't like their nose, you can use a, you, depending on what lens you use, it will make their yeah. nose appear larger or smaller and things like that. So you're going to use the right lens for the right, um, for the right face. But yeah, retouching is just cleaning I, through and not heavy. Yeah, there's a truthfulness to your images, Kelsey. So one of the reasons you don't edit crazy amounts is because you like the real, the real, the real and the truth and the grain. And, yeah. 100%. I think um, another question I think we had, sorry, leading on to the yeah, another question, um, is what's the best way to prepare your kid for a shoot? Mm -hmm. Which the first one that come to my head was um, sleep, a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. And drink water. water. An early night, water, an early night and water. Hydrated skin with the editing, go back to editing bags, mm. that, yeah, they can be a problem. So they can be. Yeah, you on, skip on, on, on younger, I find on um, sort of kids around, because kids around four or five, if they haven't had sleep, they have this, they, they tend to have really extent, like, extenuate, like, yeah. exagger, exaggerated, sorry, I get the right word out, exaggerated sort of bags. They wouldn't normally have them, but it's like a, they definitely yeah. have sort of darker why? skin. Why? So, this, so, this is where, Nick, I feel like sometimes, do I have an advantage because I'm female editing over you? Because <laughs> we wear makeup. So as a female, you are taught everything that's wrong with yourself from the beauty industry so that you go and buy all the product. Um, but our skin under our eyes is, is thin. It's the thinnest mm. skin on our body. So if we don't have a lot of sleep, there's more blue in our veins. I don't know what that's all about. But you, that skin 
will show the lack of sleep and so we're sold concealer as um as women and i wear makeup so essentially what you're doing when you edit a face is what you're doing when you apply makeup to your face mm -hmm. like you highlight the areas but it's called dodge and burning on um on photoshop editing but where you put highlighters to where you put blusher it's that kind of combination and there are days that i need a bucket full of concealer um and days where i can wear no makeup um when my skin will glow so sleep and hydration so how much water you drink in the 24 hours before your shoot is really important um for the children to understand that they're going to do a shoot and um what it entails generally if they're prepared helps and if they've driven a long way um, or traveled a long way to the shoot i tell people to arrive half an hour early and just mm -hmm. go get a drink or just walk around just so that if anyone's been asleep in the car or you're groggy you um come out about before you come into the session <laughs> another question okay men photographing kids is still seen as weird by a large group of parents on various forums um i get it as there are so many dodgy accounts out there but it is odd to be sus suspected of something nefarious um yeah so you know men photographing children it's a question that gets asked quite a lot because they, people, people often think, oh, why is a man photographing And even kids? more so because you don't have kids yet. No, I don't. Oh, no. I don't even know if you're going to have them, but would you not yeah. have children? People will always think that's weirder and it's like, no. No. It's going to mark against you. <laughs> you know, men shouldn't want to, like, socialise or work with children. It's, it's, it's an incredibly strange thing. It's very outdated. But unfortunately, it's um, justified by a lot of um, dodgy things that happen on Instagram. I mean, I speak to all the models, and every single one of them, to a, a person, has had a negative experience with some creep trying to follow them, or, mm -hmm. or you know, messaging them and stuff. And it it doesn't help. Um, and I'm definitely conscious of it. It make, it makes me laugh that yes, statistically, I'm safer to be around children if you look at women and men statistics, but. Um, it's taken as a given and even more so since I've become a parent that um, I'm fine and safe to be left around. And I, when I started, I didn't want to be left because um, you want the parent there because then they see that every element um, of what's happening. And I mean, I'm DBS checked. You get that done mm, so that you can, course, yeah. you can show, um, you show parents um, it's the best that you can, but ultimately, it's not a problem that I encounter because I'm female, um, but you only act, you can only act with integrity in, in life, and I do, so I feel like you should be treated exactly the same way. And again, it's shooting age appropriate. I refuse to shoot crop tops, for example. Yeah. Um, because there's enough time for a child to look like Rihanna when they've grown up and, and children always want to be older. They naturally have it yeah. that they want to look like their idols. And I will point that refuse because A, it wouldn't get them jobs. Um, B, they've got a lifetime of being able to do that after. Um, I don't even know if I answered the question, but 
it's kind of hard for me to answer it because it's not really yeah. something that it's not just you know, leveled at me yeah it's, no, it's, yeah it's it's super weird i mean i don't necessarily think it it, it doesn't it doesn't affect me day to day and don't get me wrong i never feel like i'm being judged by parents because parents people who come to my studio are always so chilled and like relaxed yeah. but like yeah it's always weird when someone brings it up then i get nervous you know everyone goes oh it's, Ooh, being, you know, it's, 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 it's not nice it's, 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 it's an assumed guilt um, on all male, male photographers <laughs> what's what's very common i find is when i'll have people um come to my studio or location or i meet them to shoot they will have spoken to other parents of children that i've photographed and they will say oh you're going to do this or you're going to do that and it's mm. it's interesting because people do their homework on you as well and oh, yeah. you yeah. know i've never posted anything um anything on i'm i'm really really strongly believe that whatever you post on the internet is going to last on the internet forever and always be searchable and so i've never posted anything that um could go against me i mean not because that's how i live my life anyway but i find that a lot of people do the homework about you and how you conduct yourself in your personal life as well as your professional life hmm. ultimately could reflect if it's on the internet it exists so yeah i agree it was an interesting one because I mean, leading around it, I mean, we had I think in my first podcast I spoke to Rihanna, mm. um, a young model, and she was talking about how it's a sad truth that you kind of have to, as a model, curate what you put on there. Like you can't just put mm. a picture of yourself having fun or whatever because you know mm. that attracts the wrong kind of person. I'm kind of I kind of wanted to push back and say, well, actually, no, you shouldn't have to do that. That's not you're not the one that has to curate yourself. But you should, yeah. It's it's, you know it's annoying that it's it's one of those things that you know. Do you have to? Is it? Is it yeah, more... you have to. Yeah, as a woman in day to day life, you have to. You 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 know that if you walk out the house wearing certain clothes, you are going to get a reaction differently from if you wear different clothes. I don't know. It's something that I guess it's very easy for me to sit here and say you shouldn't. You shouldn't yeah, you shouldn't have to. It's it's quite easy for me to sit here and say oh, you shouldn't have to do that. But I'm guessing it's a different it's a different reality for when you're living through it. I guess you know same mm -hmm. way like you know you say. People, people, people might judge me because I'm a man, but you know, it, it goes both ways. You know, you, you, we have, we all have judgments to deal with in our life, and you know, that's yeah. just one of the sad truths of it. Um, and equally, there's, there's um, some children that I have shot that are getting trolled on Instagram, and it's quite horrific and very mm. sexual. What this troll is doing and, re and reinventing themselves in lots of different um, namesakes and accounts, and I've been dragged into it and had things written like, "You only take good pictures because X, Y, Z," and it's really rude. And you report it to Instagram and you can delete it. But ultimately, it's a bit like water off a duck's back to me because I never acted inappropriately in my life. Yeah. So I can just go, okay, that is that person's problem and trolling is a whole other issue. Um, but I'm not bringing it into my life and you just got to fight back against it when it's inappropriately directed at a child. But that is prevalent on Instagram, sadly. Yeah. Um, I feel a responsibility of if I were to post my work, it's somebody's child. So I always feel a responsibility. Therefore, I never ah. shoot with it. Like going back to crop tops, going back to certain poses. You just don't shoot with children because it's no. not age appropriate. Yeah. So. I often think you'd, you'd, you'd also, you have to work sometimes, you know, you'd have to work a lot harder to get those poses out of, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to, it's, it's much easier yeah. just to let them just do their own thing. And that isn't their natural way of posing, you mm. know? So, yeah. you know, I understand you know, going back to a more general view, I understand parents may have some concern, obviously, no one's ever, you know, I don't I don't think generally it's a concern that parents have, like you say, they do their homework. And, and you can see from a... people's work what they actually mm. produce, but um, yeah. 
yeah, I guess I, th- I think it's an educational thing. I think more, the more people yeah. interact with photographers of all different ages, you know, uh, experience levels and things, they'll kind of learn what to expect and what to look for and what not to look for. You know. um, we had a question um, from a parent that said, what age do you think children age out of being a child model? Um, should we answer that? Um, it's hard. I mean, I, I... That's a really tricky question, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd, you've got. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Go on. Let's, 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 hear, let's hear your answer, and then we'll see how we get on. Um, generally, children are busy at certain ages. So six to eight years is a very busy age, um, because sample sizes are made in a couple of different sample sizes. And previously, in a past life, when I had a shop, you see samples made in specific sizes, and that's what you see. So a child will always be busier when they fit the sample size, um, and that usually is graded by height but as somebody's body starts to change um it will be less appropriate they won't look like a child so they won't book the jobs and you'll see it naturally drop off within agencies and some children you will see grow and maybe move to a new faces board of an agency where they will um be spotted or be continue being signed with an agent but they'll actually be put in a holding period where they are not shot and agencies say don't shoot for X amount of time. So maybe 14 years to 16 years. And, and once they hit 16, they will start to shoot more adult work and mm-hmm. um, fashion of that nature. And other children will grow and they won't have the height or they won't have what the adult agent um, industry wants from them. So they will um, leave, the, leave the child model world. But generally, I think it happens as you grow. Would you agree? What do you think, Kelsey? So would you say it's um, it's unique to the child? More it so? always happens around a certain time, but puberty yeah. changes bodies and you are not going to cast someone that is 15 to look like they're age nine, but then equally they're not going to fit the samples. And, and each brand has got a different identity. And so yeah. you, in the same way that Esme was discussing last um, podcast with you, Nick, about having red hair and blue eyes and freckles that's not right for every brand and every look so i think that yeah i agree i mean generally speaking i think i see like you say the the busy age i mean you can depending on the kid they're normally they can be busy up to about 10 or 10 or 11 mm. the, the the quiet time for most models even though they're still classed as child models is probably between sort of 13 and 16 17 when Not they can't so. they can't be shot as adults for obvious reasons, yeah, and, you know, as we just discussed, um, and they and they're yeah. too they're too mature to be shot as kids. And anywhere I go in the world, I've shot sort of agency stuff in Russia and, and Singapore, and you you find the same thing. They all say the same thing. All of the kids who are of, of that age are not working purely and for that equally, reason. They're in they're in a kind of a no man's zone. There are less fashion brands. That, that teens is a really difficult market because a teenager wants to wear Topshop or wants to wear wants to, wants to be wearing what celebrities are wearing as they are worshipped in our times now. Um, so they want to be wearing adult clothes that they can fit. So teen brand, teen fashion is a gamble. Um, and so brands or designers are not wanting to take the chance. So whenever I used to go to trade shows, there used to be like 20% of the range that you see for children would be for teens. Um, and when you're in uncertain times, designers are not going to put the money into a market that might not sell when they can put it into kids buy that will sell. So there's less of it about yeah. as well. Yeah. So there's less always, in the first place. Like, you know, kids between those ages, like you said, Nick, 13 to 16, 17, 
they still wear clothes like they're still <laughs> those you know those there is that group age group of kids um but that yeah that makes complete sense Emma what you said and again it's cheaper for a brand to license it you don't have to have licenses once you're 16 so it's cheaper for a brand to um easier for a brand to hire a 16 year old to shoot for more hours than the child modeling industry industry allows so yeah brands go for older children that look younger sometimes as well yeah i mean i know of three kids that i've shot who are 16 17 and they're still because of their body type and their height mm. they're still they're still shooting for kids brands because they can get away and with that's, they can, yeah and that's ban- that's beneficial because obviously they can work under sort of looser working hour rules and you know but it's mm. a very rare thing to see can i ask you to one of the questions yeah, go on. Go on, ask, ask it. Oh, yeah. Okay, one of the questions we got sent was, do we use the same kids repeatedly to shoot? Kelsey? Um, okay, so in terms of, so is that in terms of like editorials or? No, just do we do we repeat shoot with um, same, same children? <clears throat> yeah. In general. Oh, okay. Across, across all things. Across all things. Yes. Um yeah I would say yes and no but there's some kids that you work with say for example model updates um and you just hit it off um I mean the connection and you bounce off each other um and it's like with you know with human beings you connect with people um so I'm trying to, I don't know how to say this without kind of favouring people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Because I feel like, you know, it is a tricky question because in life you connect with people and some people you don't. Um, When it's your job, obviously you have to try harder to connect with people that you wouldn't normally connect with. Um, So when you connect with a kid and it's working and you're on fire and you're about to knock each other, you want to work with that kid again. Um, and I know Emma's spoken about this before in terms of progressing as a photographer um, and just learning and picking up new skills or wanting to try out, I don't know, any kind of creativity. When you've got a kid that you have worked with before and you've you kind of had that connection, it's easier to pick that kid and work with that kid again to try new things i've gone around that all about the wrong way but yeah no i, I get what you're saying <laughs> you know in, um, yeah okay, Emma, i mean i'll be I'll, I'll be even more clear about it i mean yes i do <laughs> um and it's <laughs> yeah. not and like you say it's not for any reason that it, it it's not for you know it kind of opens up the uh, question of people i think they're trying to i think what a parent might be trying to get at is are we discounting other kids and favoring the same one yeah. and that's not what we're saying we're saying we shoot everybody of course we love meeting new people that's, that's the game we're in but we um we have kids that like you say we 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 really connect with and we you know I've, i could name four or five right now that i work with every few months and it, it's as beneficial to me as it is to them because you know we we can walk in we can we yeah. can work we can get working straight away and we know how we work and we know how to bounce stuff off each other and i can i can say to them 
you know, it's not going to be the same as last time. I'm going to try a different lighting lighting setup or something. It may look hideous and they won't care. You know, it's one of those things where I can I can be a bit yeah. more open and free in, in how I work and they'll, they'll be completely understanding and, and wait around for me to mess around with my setups. And, you know, it makes me feel more comfortable that they're, they know how I work. You know, they're not, they're not, um, yeah. they may not, may not be judging me so harshly. If I, if I, if I'm trying something, it doesn't work. They'll go, Oh, don't worry about it. You know? Um, so that's why I do it. You've I, got I, that relationship, haven't you? Yeah, that's it's it. Not, it's, it's, it's all about the relationship. And, you know, that's not to say that we like every, it happens quite a lot where I, I find like models who live close to me. It, it doesn't happen very often. You know, and I say to these kids and their parents, like you live really close. So how about one evening we can sort of get together and do some creative stuff and just play around and we may get some cool shots. We may get nothing, but let's see how it goes. And that's yeah. really beneficial to me because they love coming in and working and getting some photos. And I get to play with li different lights, different lenses, different poses, which I can then take forward to other clients. Yeah. Once you've got that relationship kind of, going it is so much easier to work with that person again in terms of you know creativity and learning it depends like i do i shoot with a handful of children that i repeatedly shoot with but that partly will be if i want to learn something new or i want to experiment and try something different the worst person in the world that i could shoot would be my daughter because she just won't give me won't, won't bring it to set and let me um, and should be asking for cookies or something the whole way through so i practice things that i want to learn and if i understand that model and how they work i don't have to think pose like this or talk to they will know how we work yeah so i can i can experiment and me personally i learn more by if i had to shoot one person a hundred times or a hundred people one time i would learn more by shooting one person a hundred times mm, so sure. i do go back and shoot the same faces from time to time but equally i shoot editorials which is the the most creative and free ink part of our jobs um, and I don't always cast the same children for editorials but no. generally I will if I'm thinking of casting an editorial um, I will meet someone and shoot them and just see what our relationship is like and how we connect and then editorials cost a lot of money um, <laughs> and they're a big investment so you kind of want to hedge your bets as best you can um, so I'll do that and it's not that I'm a closed off book it's just there are different purposes for why I shoot different people um so yeah with, edit with editorial this is I'm answering I'm asking this question every single podcast because it's the number one question I get all parents want their kids to be in one mm -hmm. um Same. I'm kind of of the opinion that um because they're quite a big investment in time and money and everything else for us and we love shooting them they're more it's a different game this, these days so they're more of a creative outlet that we get only images and, and uh, an outlet for we don't really get any i don't i don't really know that many magazines will pay for an editorial these days it's not the same as it used to be you know at what point it's hard to, it's hard to quantify it's almost impossible because every kid's different and um, i have used brand new models before on, a, on an editorial it's mm -hmm. exceptionally rare i always do meet them first like you say i always shoot with them at least once but a lot of parents will say you know at what point do you think they can they can do an editorial um what do you think is a good? I mean, there's no good answer. There's no, there's no real answer for it. But I mean, as best you could sort of quantify it. When would you kind of think, yeah, you're ready? You know, because parents always want it. That for them, that's the gold standard. They're in an editorial. Wow, that's it. They've, you know, and 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 in some ways it is because at the same time you're seeing the best of everyone's creative mind come to, come come together. So yeah, you know, yes, it is the gold standard. Um, but we have to be very cautious about 
who we put in it because obviously we get one hit we get one one go at it and and no other go so what would you look for in a, in a model for an editorial oh that's tricky mm. um i feel it's tough because you you kind of want to look for a kid that's confident and you kind of obviously look at their portfolio in terms of what jobs they've had and if they've been working etc because then that kind of gives to me that okay they, they have the confidence to kind of take on my creativity if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah, um you know if you've got a kid that hasn't had any jobs but then sorry on the contrary to that if you've got a kid that hasn't had any jobs and is starting out and is quite new has the confidence but you've got no kind of um evidence as such of you know of them having had any jobs um you kind of want to give them the opportunity so but again like you said it's a it's a big investment for us and everyone involved hair makeup styling etc I, d- I find that really tricky. Um, like you said, meeting them beforehand and shooting them just to see what, you know, kind of relationship you guys have and what you get, what vibe you get from meeting them beforehand. Um, I think that's really tough. Yeah, it is. I, mean, I would go on pre experience. Um, but then I like to give people a shot as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm the same. No, you know, I, I never yeah. want to discount anybody, but I would always no, say I, I'd need to. That I'd could need... be the platform, um, like a springboard for them. Exactly. Because you could see that face and go, "Whoa, oh my god, I didn't know they had that in them," and it's a springboard. So, yeah, yeah that's tough. How about you, Emma? Uh, right. So, edit- my process is editorials are creative. We when we work for brand or commercial job we're always realizing what the brand thinks the shoots look like we bring some of us but it it merges with the brand whereas when we're shooting an editorial it's freedom um and generally we'll come up with ideas so i've always got rolling ideas um through my head and i will want to cast the child model that matches the aesthetic of the editorial most but because they can cost a fortune, because I do editorials that are abroad sometimes and it, it, it's expensive, you want to know that that child is going to be able to work with you how you want to work. So I usually, um, if I'm casting an editorial, will look and see the models that fit and then ask to meet them. So there's one boy, Jack, that I'm going to do an editorial with and he's amazing and I've got a concept of an editorial for him. So I reached out and spoke to his mum and he came down and I literally shot him for about 20 minutes in between when I was in London one time. Um, and the shoot that I wanted to do is quite a big scale shoot and then another photographer did something like a little similar and I was kind of like, oh no. Um, and that project kind of had started and stopped and started and stopped. And then I thought, actually, there's another concept I want to do that Jack would work brilliantly with and I want to shoot at boy and girl and Tilly um Chapman who you spoke to previously on the podcast works so I wanted to cast those two children but I've met both of them before um and so I've not shot Tilly apart from when she was on a catwalk um at the mini road show a couple of years ago so I know what she looks like on camera and I know how her face fits um with lenses that I use and things but I've not worked with her before but I understand how she'll look on camera so those two children are cast for an editorial 
it was meant to happen but we're in lockdown so um it couldn't happen so once we come out of this hopefully it will um but the child's got to fit the concept um i want to know that they can work with me so generally i make sure i meet with them first because they do they cost a lot of money and with editorials there's no guarantee beforehand that any magazine's going to pick it up so you shoot something yeah you you ultimately shoot something to say for your portfolio and if it gets picked up as an editorial fantastic um i did a shoot that no magazine picked up and so i published i laid it out and published it on my um instagram and then two magazines came back to me and said why didn't you submit the story to us and i was like i have and it had been bypassed so it's a funny old it's a funny funny old (laughs) that shoot is just as good to me it's in my portfolio and i've had um i had a portfolio review i won one from the podcast and they picked out that specific shoot that no magazine had picked (laughs) this is your strongest work and i'm like this was submitted no one wanted it it's crazy so but ultimately that worked Parent, parents yeah. always say, oh, what magazine are we going to get it in? I was like, maybe none, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of people submitting yeah. a lot of stuff, and it's, uh, I can understand it in some regards, because they're, they're bombarded with stuff, and mm-hmm. a lot of it's going to be, you know, questionable quality, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, and, you know, you're just in amongst it. It's like submitting a book to a publisher. It's the same deal you know they, they've only got so many eyes to look at things and so it might mm. get just complete like emma said just completely ignored by mistake you know you've got to do it for the love ultimately an editorial is a creative collaborative experience and they are the craziest but the most fun days yeah. um and i always say to everyone you, you've got to go into things with no expectation and if anything good happens from it wonderful that's a happy bonus but if you create something you've got to do it for the images everyone does it for the images nobody is paid it costs money um, because we have to hire locations or studios and we're calling clothes in so it costs the stylist money or um, to get these clothes return these things buy things for the shoot nothing is free so the fact that you get to participate as a model in it it's it's um, you're doing well to have been cast yeah. and it's and you know what at the end of the day it's the images um, and sometimes I'll shoot something that might be a bit a little bit out there and um I'll always shoot a couple of images that I know the parent will like on a day as well, but they may never go in an editorial, but you say, thank you. It's a thank you for your time, but anything else that comes from it is a bonus. <laughs> you have to go into it like that. Don't you? Are you got any projects you're planning for after lockdown, Kelsey? <laughs> um, so I did have one in mind, but I've got two in mind actually. Um, and I have spoken to the models and I have spoken to, um, sorry yeah I have spoken to the models um they're two very different ones but like you said this was before lockdown it's the time and the money and and fitting them in um they kind of got forgotten about um with me at the minute um moving house etc um so I have two in mind um would I, the wheels are in motion but obviously not because of now mm-hmm. and yeah they needed a bit of love at the minute but yeah in my head yes the answer to that question already cast but already cast yeah well. that's good yeah and emma's got one so, already cast as well i've got about six projects on the go at any one time my brain is like a rolling <laughs> i don't know how you guys rolling. do it I've got no. I've, I've I've very, got I, I very rarely have like solid ideas for an editorial. 
I I feel like, sorry, Emma, when you get, you know, a few parents do say, um, have you got any editorials coming up? And it's kind of like, I, I do not ever want to do an editorial just because I go, I need to think of an editorial. Oh, I never want to do that. An editorial has to come to me and I go, oh my God. Yeah. I love that idea. I love that idea. Right. How do I make this work? Um, I mean, so that's my process at the minute in terms of the two that I've got in mind is that they I've gone, oh my goodness, the idea, the story, um, the meaning behind them, they have to have substance. They can't just be pretty faces, no. pretty backgrounds. Like, yeah, I there has to you be meaning behind them. I I I feel like I percolate ideas, but I feel like I've got little doors in my brain and there'll be an idea behind a door and it'll, it'll start knocking on the door and then mm-hmm. it might knock a bit louder and eventually it won't stop knocking. <laughs> and you're just like, I've got to do this. Yeah. It's creatively, it's got to come out of me. So for example, when I was 22 and had just finished uni and worked in a job, I used to stay at my friend, a girl that I used to work with house and she had a paper dress on the wall that was designed. It was the graduation collection of, um, I'm going to say his name wrong now, Hussein Chalalan, I don't know how to say his name, fantastic designer. And I used to lay awake looking at this paper dress thinking, this is incredible, how do you put that on, this paper, da da da. And then about three years ago, I sewed, I took one of my daughter's dresses apart and I sewed her, I copied it in paper and I sewed it with um, butcher's twine and made this dress. And it's quite beautiful um, in its craziness but obviously it's not fabric it's different and she was 18 months there's no chance I was getting an 18 month old to try on this dress so it was in the loft last two couple of weeks ago pouring out the loft as you do these things in lockdown and she was like what's that mummy and I said oh, I made you this dress so I put it on her and it fits because ultimately I had to cut it up it, the opening straight down the back because it's paper it'll never be able to be worn um but it looked great so I have been trying to make paper clothes for the last three weeks and realizing that the paper counts and the design counts and I've gone down a rabbit hole and I'm teaching myself to sew um because I can't make no, the no, seams that I want to make teaching yourself to sew with paper Emma like not just sew <laughs> you're not just teaching yeah, yourself to sew but it's like with paper I've so bought clever. a bust form I've bought a bust form and there's half pattern hanging off a bust form Brilliant. but it's a process and you know what I've I've wanted to, I wanted to shoot a shoot called Paper Town for three years at least from before I made that dress I might not realize this shoot for another two years yeah. but I will do this shoot because I know what I'm going to do I'm going to build paper sets well that's the I'm interesting build... thing because people don't realize how long time. this stuff takes like I can I, oh I, I yeah. float I mean I float I floated an idea for the kimono shoot that I just had published oh it's beautiful two, actually. two years um, ago yeah two years yeah. ago I think I came up with the idea that I wanted to do it and it was nothing like how I, it, the ideas I had on paper were nothing to how we actually shot it in the end, and that came yeah, from the, the photo about the, the, the thing above my head here the uh, the, the painting no by, the painting by Jeremiah wow. Kettner. Um, I like his work, it's beautiful, and uh, you know, but it takes you know, because like you may, I, I mentioned it to a parent, and, and they go, oh, That's a great, let's, let's shoot it, and like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. And then obviously, life gets in the way, and you know, you, thing, you really yeah. want to, but um, let me yeah. show you, we oh. have, oh, yeah, what's that? See this. Um, sorry, I'm just showing a picture off my wall, which is half, it's like a girl with, but she's part rabbit, part girl, and I'm going to do a shoot that's part animal, part human at some point. But, wow. Um, could be 10 years from now because it will involve some digital manipulation, and I'm not Pixar, but um, 
oh, you yeah. have these ideas that percolate, don't you? I'll edit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, and I don't think people understand sometimes that an editorial isn't just a, a click of the fingers, it's ideas and percolation and thinking about it and it's, it's, yeah mentally it's a lot as well as physically oh, and yeah. financially they're yeah quite epic and they don't always turn out how you want them to like i've shot things right. and gone, that isn't yeah. looking like i wanted and again I like you like said go no expectations yeah that's right there are things that are shot that i know i'll have to come back to in the future and reshoot um yeah so i think we've covered a lot of those questions one thing i think we could quickly cover which a lot of parents want to know is do we gravitate towards a certain look of model i always look for you know I think we, people people jump out people jump out at me you know people will always jump out at you and obviously that's what's always worth casting and always yeah. worth sending a message because we we don't know everyone that's out there even on agencies books we don't always see everyone they've got you know. no. and I feel like okay <laughs> I would with that question I would go I love freckles and red hair but then I'll go I'll see a black kid with beautiful eyes and beautiful yeah. skin or a blonde girl with beautiful big blonde curly hair and I'm like I'm obsessed with you all like you're all so beautiful mm. it's kind of you can't there's so many different forms of beauty in the world that's it oh it's just, and that's so exciting it's just I just absolutely buzz off it I mean it's just, it, yeah. It's impossible to choose. And you end up, whenever I run a competition, I go, I'm going to choose one winner. Oh, <laughs> man. Oops. I've chosen, <laughs> like fifth, I've chosen 10. You all win. You know, it's, yep, it's yeah. really hard because you you just sort of look at someone and think, wow, you'd look, you, you'd do so well in front of the camera. Um, yeah. You know, so. Or, or you get those kids that, and I've had this before, where you go, okay, she's a pretty girl. And then I got her in front of my camera and I was like, Oh my goodness! Like she quite literally blew me away. Like how yeah. she just owns my camera, yeah. and that's so exciting as well. Like I love that when it's least expected. I have a few so, kids at the minute who I'm sort of doing regular shoots with who do that. Every time they get in front of the camera, yeah. I think there's no way you could top what you did last time, and without yeah. me having to do anything, they just sort of blow me away. And I'm like, wow, this is like wow, like a massive, a beautiful fusion. You know, it's just it's, it's absolutely yeah. fantastic, and it's so nice when that happens. It's the kind of stuff that keeps you going. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you know what there was one of the questions. I don't know if we've covered it actually. Um, why do we work with kids when they're the hardest? Like, why do you choose to work with children? Oh, we started answering. We, we dive. We went on a real big tangent to somewhere we? else. I think so. <laughs> you, guys, you, guys, you guys go, Emma. Emma, you you start off on that one. You answer that one quickly. What was the question? Why do we? How do we work with kids when they're so much harder? Look, they're the magic. They, I love kids. I love how their minds work, and um, it's they're my favourite things to shoot. Um, kids and food—that's what I shoot, and that's what I love. And I could shoot other things, like I've shot weddings, and I do think they're beautiful and everything. But for me, they cause me so much tension and anxiety that I don't sleep for like a year before them. Because if you miss the first kiss or you miss the first dance or you miss any significant. So for me, weddings scare me, but for other people, they love that. Um, for me, children doesn't hold any scariness and I love it. So I don't know. That's my answer. So for me, it's 
I'm just obsessed with listening to their dreams and aspirations and how motivated and just confident and if they're not confident but they want to be heads on they're they're doing something to kind of to gain that I mean some of these kids that I've been speaking to with their hobbies and interests and goals and dreams it's just so exciting that we can be a tiny piece and part of that like you know one day one of these kids could be a motivational speaker a runway model like a sports star the possibilities are endless and I mean at 30 I spoke to a 13 year old girl I mean Jada she is just phenomenal with her diving she's a Nike ambassador um you know she's stunning and modeling and at me at 13 oh Jesus Christ I mean I wasn't doing any of those things I wasn't even close and yeah these kids quite literally blow my mind and I just I just want to be a tiny little piece of piece of that like it's so exciting yeah I get they've, so got, excited. They've, they've got a double-edged sword kids they get judged because they've got all the you know all the opportunity and the means to live their dreams but they've yeah. they've still got to have that spark to grab it because there's a, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's more there's more stuff teaching them to be apathetic and lazy and there's more yeah. of that influence than there is for anything else um so to have yeah. to see them sort of you know grab the ball by the horns and use use the use everything around them to get what they want is great you know it's really inspiring yeah. like you say so inspiring for me well, it makes in, me want to get off the couch and <laughs> well yeah so i'm definitely exactly right you think i oh, maybe i should join in on this I'm, I'm i should be the adult in the room but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't happen very often um, no. I, I i i think i went into the kids thing trying to because I, I i got a bit um uh blase with the fashion industry shooting adult models was a bit a bit stressful for me you know when it was catwalk and high fashion and stuff and i was I found, I found the I found the attitude and the I found the attitude and the evil the evil was a bit too much, so I kind of I kind of took kids photography as a break, um, thinking it would be all the creativity with none of the none of the stress, and I think that's mostly <laughs> I think that's mostly true because they're a delight all of them everyone that comes in my my yeah. door no matter how stressed I am in the day or anxious about whatever as soon as you start working with a, a kid who has no preconceptions and no judgment and you know, yeah. they're just there to have a good time or get a nice photo. They just they they're just yeah. there to enjoy themselves, and that mm-hmm. really rubs off on me. And I end up lift it lifts my and mood. You can't not enjoy yourself. You yeah, can't. it's impossible not to enjoy yourself. Um, I I mean, I swore to myself I'd never shoot children under seven because I thought I can't deal with young under kids. What? I can't deal with young kids. I can't deal with like, toddlers. And now I'm shooting four year olds routinely, and I love it. It's it's crazy. It's chaotic in the studio, yeah. but I love because they they they're just so <laughs> imaginative, and they're so they're 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 their mood is so infectious um yeah. you know it's great so i would never look back so you know i think parents might think it's much harder because obviously their conception of the whole thing is oh they don't listen you know they're impossible no. to pose but that's not the way it is you know working the with adults is much sh- worker and the hardest child that any parent will shoot will be their own exactly. my little girl people yeah. say to me oh she should model she should do this hey she's been she she's great in front of the camera she knows how to act in front of the camera because there's always been a camera about i guess but um she'd be okay for somebody else to shoot but she's hard like i i work for some commercial brands that say can she model and i'm like no not a chance it needs to be somebody else because 
I'm a mum to her and I'm not a photographer to her there's a difference mm-hmm. so, so sometimes parents reach out and go oh my god how do you do it and it's like I'm not doing it with my own child that's the difference I can take beautiful pictures of my own child but looking at it, you've got to have patience and it takes a longer time to but do I have it. a lot of biscuits a lot of biscuits <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Tin, tinder sweets I, I have tinder sweets in my room and I just yeah. do you oh yeah this like I don't. Do you know I have a coffee bar and um no. coffee bar and treats so we have routine bro- i mean like i always break I the fruit kids juice. Off. fruit juice and yeah i don't have like don't have like matter sugary drinks i mean they're not drinking coffee <clears throat> but you know they'll have this you know what's it i hate that orange powder that gets stuck around the corner of people's mouths there are certain things toffees are often a mistake which i make and i find i find it in photoshop at the end i was like oh they i'm sure we got it all then they open their smiling oh, with no. a nice toothy grin and there's just toffee and I'm like, dang, yeah. I've got to get in there and get rid of the toffee now. <clears throat> so that that's something I should probably look at. But you know, it increases their enjoyment. You know, so yeah. Yeah. I think it's something that, you know, so to all the parents out there, this is a, a joy of a job, quite frankly. We um yeah. we don't find it hard. We just find, you know, even the most challenging child is a nice easy day for me. I love it. You know. And it's not I mean, it's crazy. One thing that I do that photographers ask a lot of the time like photography and actually shooting is probably about 20% of your job yeah. as well and that's yeah. the crazy part people don't realize that running a business the cost of running a business and what goes into it and shooting and editing again take up quite a small percentage of all of it yeah I mean I spent yeah. hours edit- messaging you Emma when I was editing <laughs> two weeks ago saying I'm still doing this this is still, ha- <laughs> this is still happening um... I've been on lockdown <laughs> I've been on lockdown for six weeks and I'm meant to be editing a set of pictures that I shot last August and I still haven't because <laughs> I haven't edited yet. But that's but my brain's my brain's worrying and I can't it's, it's hard to get into concentrate. It. You've got to be in the yeah. right headspace for it. Really have. It's, yeah. You know, when yeah. you when you when you're... don't feel guilty for not. No. To do the creative work. And that is something that I shot with um, a friend. It's not no one's weight at all my jobs are delivered. Um but Kelsey's got a good point there, you know. I think for the first three weeks, I was under so much pressure to create something and do something and yeah. be creative. You got to, I mean, I stressed and stressed and stressed. That's why I did this podcast. I was like, I've got to, I've got to do yeah. something. And then obviously, yeah. you end up stressing yourself into worry and it's just not worth it. You know, no. don't just chill out. It's the same same with like homeschooling your kids. My, you know, my wife's a teacher and it's great that parents are trying to, you know, get involved and stuff, but don't feel, if if, if it isn't yeah. working, don't stress. It's you know, give your, give your kids some, give your kids just some parent time. Because yeah. all te- yeah. all the teachers are going to say we will we will get your kids back to where they need to be. Mm. Just yeah. don't don't kill yourselves. You know, it's yeah. lovely that you're going to do some stuff, do some activities, do some stuff that's fun. But just you know, don't stress each other out. Just yeah. do what you can, and and if you yeah. do something, anything, that's that's plenty. You know, I think there's a lot of pressure being put on everyone at the minute, which is not going to help. Thank you for doing this guys this is really good hopefully we can catch up again soon in another podcast um i'm sure everyone's gonna enjoy it but uh, enjoy lockdown and we'll speak soon thank you thanks very much nick bye, bye. i love how we all waved yeah we're waving <laughs> to each other i know
there you have it guys thank you so much for listening i know it was a long one but i hope you found it interesting next time on the show i'll be speaking to top modeling agent ray and robin so keep an eye out for that if you're loving the show please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast app you can find me on instagram at nick.dale the podcast has a new feed which i'd love you all to follow at the merative you can email me any questions or requests to podcast at themerative.com. Music in today's episode was I Got This by Tiger Run and Get Loose by Yellen, both licensed through audio.com. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>